Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast. Uh, tonight, I am coming to you from sitting right on my bed in my bedroom. I had a guest lined up for this week, but uh, that didn't work out. A COVID thing got in the way. I had a friend of mine, Dennis B., lined up. Uh, he just celebrated 29 years, and I uh, saw him post on Facebook about that. And You know, some of these people have been around me for a while. I met Dennis the... Uh, what was it the second night that i came in to aa it was uh it was that i told this story before but i went to that seekers meeting here in new omni and got pumped full of hope and uh was just really jacked up about that so i wanted to rush out and i was really excited about going to a meeting the very next night and went to that meeting and uh it was a speaker meeting and the guy that was there did not juice me up uh, I didn't know what that was back then, but, uh, frankly, I wanted, I come out of there, uh, actually scared to some extent because the experience that I had the night before in, uh, in a meeting, uh, was completely different than the one I had tonight. And I sat down in my car and, uh, and I remember I was just trembling a little bit. I was what, 70, uh, four days sober or something like that for the first time, probably in my life or, you know, my adult life. And, uh, I had that pile of papers where guys had given me telephone numbers and stuff from the night before. And I was able to uh, pull one of them out and, and called the, what frankly was the least intimidating guy that I could think of. He seemed very nice and uh, called him up. And uh, him and some fellows were sitting up at a McDonald's up, up town adjacent to us up in Georgetown after a meeting they went to on the Thursday night, which I eventually started going to. Uh, and they said, come on up. And I tore up there and sat down, and uh, and Dennis B. was one of the guys that was there that night. Uh, Mike M., Happy, Rick T., and uh, Jerry, the guy I called. And uh, anyway, Dennis is uh, actually Rick's uncle, and just a, just a super, super good dude. I mean, heart of gold. Uh We've had a couple moments together, and maybe I'll, I'll, I, yeah, I'll tell another little story about that here for long, or in a minute. Uh, but anyway, I had this lined up, and uh, he was going to come over here at one o'clock on Wednesday. And I was doing a handyman job on Wednesday morning, and things went sideways on me a little bit, and showed up at the at the house. And as so often happens, uh, my client has a number of other things that they'd like done besides the the target issue of what I came to do. I simply came over there to put one of those, uh, change out a cabinet door, you know, change it out to just a regular old hinge door and change that out to one of those, uh, sliding garbage can things where it's on the rail and you pull it out like a drawer kind of, and your garbage can's in there and, uh, which is a relatively easy job. And, uh, she had a few other things she wanted to do, but I thought I could do them and the clock was ticking and ended up uh needing some a little bit of material which i did not have in my truck every time i take a my scrap wood and that kind of stuff out of my truck i tend to end up needing it and uh so i had to run to home depot get some wood come back and i'm watching the clock tick man and i'm trying to get this job done and it gets to be about a quarter to 12 and we're about a half hour away from home and uh, my phone had rang while i was working but i didn't want to answer it because i wanted to get this damn job done and so as I tell her, got to go. She had one more job she wanted me to do. And I said, as I, got, as I, said, I had to go, I'll try to come back later on this afternoon, uh, finish up that door job you have. And um, 
bifold doors, the bane of existence. They're really not, but man, they're a pain in the butt and everybody jerks them off the rails and they get out of adjustment and just all kinds of stuff. But I can tune them up. Anyway, so I uh, left and I checked my voicemail and it was an unknown caller and it was Dennis. And uh, it had come to his attention. He'd been uh, exposed to more than one fella. He does a lot of work in the jails, things like that. He had been uh, exposed to some more than one fella that had COVID and we advised him to go get tested. And he was on his way to the testing facility right now. And uh, matter of fact, he was pulling up and he said that when he got there, uh, that uh, they told him that uh, they were going to go to lunch and they'd be back in an hour and a half. And he said he was still game to do it if I wanted to. And, I, you know, I said, well, what's your gut tell you? And he says, uh, my gut tells me we probably ought to wait till we see what's up with this test. And I agreed. And, uh, you know, this podcast ain't that damned important. And so we uh, we postponed it. And, and I'll get him back on here. You'll hear from him again. He's just fantastic. He's... He's got one of those, he's got at least one of those stories that, uh, and, and I won't tell it obviously, but he's got one of those stories that, uh, you shouldn't, your, your sobriety shouldn't recover. Your sobriety should not survive. Uh, no, those miracles of what this program will do when you're working it. Um, sure that will, it's a very impactful story. Dennis is just a really cool dude, so you all stuck with me for a little bit, and I uh, have no idea what I'm going to talk about, but we're going to talk about some stuff. Uh, I, I guess I have some ideas. I've never had a, a, a shortage for words. Rarely am I at a shortage for words. So one thing I will tell you, my buddy Vlad, sponsor of mine, decided he was, uh, well, his girlfriend got a job up at a, a brand new which is a coincidence in itself, a brand new treatment center that's up in Cordon, Indiana. And uh, they're looking for people to bring meetings in there and, you know, carry this message of experience, strength, and hope up to their people that are, you know, inpatient residents at this joint. And uh, Vlad felt led to do some service there, and he was talking about doing it. And I said, shit, yeah, man, I'll go with you. And uh, he's never done anything like that. And so we took off, and he picked me up Wednesday night. And as I was talking to Dennis on Wednesday morning, I said, well, I can't do it tonight because I'm going with my buddy up to take a meeting at some treatment center in uh, Corden. And Dennis said, oh, yeah, Hickory? And I said, I really don't have any idea what it's called, Dennis. And he said, "Uh, well, it's the new one up here. He said, I take a meeting in there every Sunday. Uh, So that's kind of cool, those little coincidences like that. But Vlad and I rode up there and, you know, hell, half of fun is, uh, well, my sponsor taught me is to, you know, uh, whenever me and my sponsor went someplace, I drive. I go pick him up and, and I take him where we're going. And so I've, uh, out of a whole lot of things I mo- that my sponsor modeled for me, I do the same thing. So I said, Vlad, you're picking me up, right? And he said, sure. So he come pick me up. And half the fun of those kind of things is just the ride and uh, the talking and the connecting you get to do. Uh, between here and there i wouldn't for nothing want to do it any other way that's why i have people come to uh encourage people when they come to the retreats and do that kind of stuff that we ride together uh, when i go down and do and that, i mean it would be crazy to do it otherwise but that's part of the deal when we go do down there to cabin and do fist steps the ride down and the ride home is part of the experience so vlad and i roll up into there and uh vlad's gal brooke is just a pure sweetheart too and 
she met us at the door. Of course, we got we we went to the wrong place to begin with, but we still made it to where we were going on time. And uh, walk in there, and there was probably some thirty odd people, men in there. And it takes me a minute to get the ball rolling, but uh, we walked in and introduced ourselves, and you see that you know. They're not just looking completely overjoyed that uh, they're having to sit in this cafeteria and listen to some boring dudes for a couple hours or an hour. And um, don't hide your gold, right? These guys didn't know what they were, what landed on them. And so we went in and introduced ourselves, and I told a little of my story, and Vlad told a little of his story, and uh, then Vlad wanted to open up the open up a topic which I thought was fantastic. He wanted to, we, we had done this Saturday night at Spiritual Underground. Uh, we talked about the lies we tell ourselves, you know, we told ourselves a lot of lies in early recovery or in all our lives, really. And then uh, in early recovery and, uh, you know, this can't happen for me and, you know, I'll, I'll quit tomorrow and I'm not hurting anybody but myself and, you know, all that stuff. You know, fact is, you know, I still have that little, that archetypal st- devil on one shoulder t- trying to tell me things that I know aren't true trying to lie to me tell me I'm not worth what I am and um uh, just just feeding the lies in there and the cool thing about it is today you course correct tell it well some bitch shut up uh but he can run off with you sometimes and I still I still got picked I still get picked up and run off with uh that voice once in a while use the tools and you can reel it in but Still does it. So that was a great meeting. And then those guys don't normally get to, you know, they don't get, uh, from what I understand, most of the time people come in there and, and to quote somebody else, they said they come in and preach at us and then they go. Well, we offered them, you know, Vlad's idea. Vlad offered them an opportunity to share. And so they did. And it was pretty cool. You know, some of them don't want to say shit, but some of them do. And, uh, and I try to interject, and we also said, you know, we're going to get three to five minutes on the microphone, so to speak, and, and then you sit down. We do that spiritual underground, too, and that's really uh, a really good thing, I think. Uh, otherwise, especially like in a place like that, a dude can take the thing hostage. And, and you know, we did have a guy who uh, kind of wanted to do that, but you can gently divert them and uh, not necessarily tell them to hush up, but you can... Uh, chime in and divert their divert that off of there and, and get around the room, allow some other people to share. But had a chance to, you know, once I get rolling on my, you know, once I hop up on my soapbox about this thing called recovery, uh, and I begin to share about that, uh, my passion just goes through the roof. And I can also see that the dudes in there that want that are latched on to me. They're locked on. Um, you know, and again, not all of them, but there was a pretty good chunk of them in there. And, you know, when we talked to them and asked them, you know, one funny thing, like, y'all having fun in here? Uh, they actually, I, I wasn't expecting to get the, as many people, like, gave me an affirmative answer. You know, they were like, yeah, it ain't too bad. Uh, hmm, well, cool. There must be something about this place. But that was really, uh, you know, one of the things they, you know, and they popped off questions too. Said, uh, you know, what would you tell somebody that's new? Like, man, y'all, I mean, everybody here's been around some recovery, right? I'm not going to tell you anything you ain't heard before. Um, I'll give you the long version of get a sponsor and work the steps. Turn your life over to somebody else. Your way ain't working. Uh, 
your thinking got you where you are today. Um, I had to get a sober guy, a guy that had these principles already tucked firmly in his belt uh, to guide me and, and continues to guide me, really. Uh, and that really is my first higher power was, you know, turning my, turning my will, my life over to Christopher. Tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. Uh, it was a blast and uh, got some good feedback from Brooke, from the fellas afterwards. And, you know, you always know whether if you uh, made an impression or not by how many people come up and thank you afterwards or how many people want to come up, shake your hand and talk to you for a minute, you know, after the, after the thing. And uh, one of the things I was doing is, you know, semi-promoting this podcast, you know, I don't make any money off of it. I get a little bit of, I get a little trinket back from Anchor from that commercial that's on the front end of this thing. Uh, it doesn't even begin to pay for what what I'm doing here. Uh, the payback is in karmic points. It's not in uh, money. And, you know, I've never cashed out any of that money either. Uh, after here, whatever, 18 months now of doing this, uh, I've never, I've never cashed any of it out. It's still sitting in my wallet in Anchor. Uh, maybe I'll need it someday, but I promoted the podcast a little bit and, you know, and I, and I am, I'm out there to help if I can help, uh, period in the story. And, and that's what I live to do today is to do this thing called recovery and hopefully hand it to anybody that needs it, wants it. Uh, well, they say, they say something like that. There's some saying says, this is not for those who need it. This is for those who want it. Uh, I get that, but uh, there's a lot of folks out there needing this, and and I'm sure as hell not giving my phone number out in a in a in a situation like that. But I told them to go look up Spiritual Underground podcast, and if they look, they would find my number. So they have to work for it a little bit, but they can find me if they want to, and uh, encourage them to find a group like a uh, like like the like the Spiritual Underground, a group of men who are doing things who are moving and shaking and actually participating in the recovery and making the most out of life. That fucking humdrum recovery that you bump into so often, uh, that just won't do it for me and my friends. Uh, I smell more. Uh, this high that I get off of doing this thing is uh, way better than any high I ever got off of doing anything else. And... Uh, and I'm just frankly not willing to put it down. And the way I know I get to keep it is by giving it away. So that's what I do and that's what we do. Uh, you know, the problem with talking about people on the podcast specifically is uh, that you'll leave somebody out. And uh, pardon me, man, I got a bag of gummy bears. I have a gummy bear uh, addiction. You'll leave somebody out. But, you know, uh, guys like like Chase, you know, helping people, sponsoring people. Uh, hell of a father. Hell of a husband. Went up to his little girl roomie's first birthday party. I guess that was last weekend. I can't keep track of time anymore. Um, I'm pretty sure it was last weekend, last Saturday, I think. And... Uh, And his family makes me feel like family. His mom and dad are happy to see me, uh, and, and I do. I feel like I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm Chase's kid's uncle or something. Vlad is doing his thing. Uh, really hasn't been found himself into the sponsorship role, but he's uh, he's working his program and he's uh, you know 
having fun with life and just a just a vibrant young man that uh is well the world is his oyster now with these principles under his wings and and i'm watching him take chances and and reaching for the things that he wants and being able to actually believe that he's worth those things that he wants charlie charlie sponsoring people going over that uh sober solutions place and and carrying that message down there and you know him and i did that double date fifth step not too long ago and uh that was magic and his guy that was that went down there at weekend called me up the next day and thanked me for uh helping you know making that happen uh, all that juice comes back to you you know and, and i don't mean to make it sound like again you know i hope y'all know uh, so i'm always worried about coming off as like arrogant and uh and, and tooting my own horn and that kind of stuff uh but but then the flip side of that is that don't hide your gold right and uh and i know for a fact this stuff is available to you too or some version of it you know it'll be your version it's not won't be dan's version uh, but so he calls me and he thanks me for making that happen and i hear him and charlie sharing the men's stories with me from what the, you know he's moving on down the path man and doing the deal and getting reaping the rewards you know and he's in our one ones that tried aa in the past and it didn't work for him uh but you know this different flavor of recovery and using this optimized method to work these steps uh there's more power in it more power i suppose that goes for everything you know if you're doing things right it's going to get better and i'm not saying it's the only right way it's a right way if you're doing things right then it's going to get better and the 12 steps has done nothing but get better since back then uh in my view Because a lot of people learned a lot of stuff and my sponsor's one of them and he handed me those tools of these when you know not any different to me taking these guys that, now i know i'm not the only person who takes people away for a fist step but to take people down there and add my little flavor on it and you know i buy people a, a gift for that i've said before man you make it important you make this something important make it like a, a ceremony and a ritual make it meaningful and uh and it changes people so people have done those kind of things and christopher's i'm sure he's probably to credit with some of them but he's never told me that he'll tell you that uh everything he gets he was taught by somebody else but i'll bet a hundred bucks some of this stuff it's got his tweaks in it too it's got his thumbprint on it i know i'll bet uh well we do this work and miracles pop out the other end like a human washing machine is what i used to like to say and then we're doing this deal where we're giving it away through 12-step spiritual recovery tssr and we get people who are not out addicts and alcoholics and given these same tools and watch it work in their lives also and uh Christopher and I are both convinced this is a tool that could change the world. And it is changing the world. But they could really have an impact. And, like, you know, a lot of people are suffering now. And people don't have any, you know, don't have a, they don't have any guidelines on how to do this thing called life. And, and they're out there struggling, particularly with the way that things are today. 
with the COVID and uh, uh, all the sensitivities that's going on with, y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, and I've said this here before too, it's like having an unfair advantage, having these 12-step principles and especially this fellowship around me. It feels like an unfair advantage almost, and, and it ain't unfair. It's just like whenever you say, uh, I don't deserve it, you know, like, well, have, boy, I really don't deserve this. Bullshit. You do deserve it. Uh, so this advantage that you have by working on a program, um, it's not unfair. I had to work off, I had to work awful daggone hard to, uh, to get this advantage. And we're doing things like sponsoring across the gender roles. There's a few of us that are, you know, sponsoring women. Part of the part of that is is uh, because we can. And whose job? You know, it's not my job to say who I'm helping and who I'm not. I have to believe it is higher power sending those people to me, and it ain't it ain't up to me to say yes or no. Um, but another part of it is is that you know the spiritual underground is TSSR behind Christopher and all that is uh been predominantly handed to women through this area and they just they somehow or another those tools need to get transferred from us to to that to to the females and uh get some of that juice into their blood flow uh so then they can go on to help other women and 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 care, keep on carrying it down that line uh i will tell you and i and i believe this i don't intend to continue to sponsor women necessarily i don't intend to not do that but that's not the point the point is to get the uh get this methodology transferred from person to person from human being to human being and however that happens uh what happened well, what kind of uh, uh what kind of uh genitals we have is not the point and I really do have, you know, and, and I imagine maybe, I don't know where my sponsees will hear this or not, but they may or may not. But, you know, I don't really intend to sponsor these gals. You know, I, I really have a thing in my head that says I need to move on to having a female sponsor. Uh, there's just something that, that I think there's a connection there that you just can't, you just really can't bridge uh, fully. Uh, sort of in the way that you know these men in spiritual underground have this bridge and this connection it's because we're all dudes um so but i won't you know i, I don't 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 misunderstand that that uh that i want to stop because the flip side of that is is because they give me something they introduce some elements and some and some uh viewpoints and some energy that i wouldn't have if i hadn't been doing this either they've all added uh, a great deal to my life and a perspective that 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 I'm not going to get by only sponsoring males. Just help people. Holly's doing some stuff. She's taking the TSS. She's reading it and 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 uh, doing the exercises on her own. And she's also really good at the social social media uh, world. And she's made little memes and. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word for it for sure, but I think that's what they are. Um, with uh, quotes out of the book, and, you know, and will pose questions to her community and uh, using the questions that we ask ourselves in TSSR. And I could probably pull a couple of them out, but 
uh, you know, things like what's stopping you from being everything you can be? Who were your key role models? Who were the people who were really walking a walk when you were growing up or as you have, as you have uh, made your journey to date that you looked at and said, yeah, I like the way that person operates. You know, we look at those things and ask those questions of ourselves and uh, write down those answers and give that some consideration. Same thing as like a look at the people who uh, been who, you know, look at the things you've been taught that aren't serving you. And why are you picking up somebody else's baggage and uh, helping them carry it, right? And then uh, you'll end up stuck in these places where we get stuck today because of uh, faulty teachings. Faulty teachings from people we don't even freaking admire, you know. <laughs> it's not like, you know, we know that is not, that guy don't have anything I want. Yet I'm going to hang my hat on something that I learned from that person and uh, and carry it with me as like a, as a truth. Buddy Shane, you know, he just sponsors people left and right. Uh, Ross, same thing, you know, crossing that gender, gender line, helping people. He just, he's just 100% on fire. Uh, dude's got a viewpoint on this stuff, and uh, and uh, he's he's a, he's connected with this work, uh, maybe like nobody else has. Uh, I harnessed it really well and really rode a big wave on it, but uh, but but Ross knows it better. He knows it better than I do. I'll do a little commercial real quick. My buddy Marshall has started up his own crystal business. He was a God, he became a crystal addict right off the bat, coming into recovery, uh, or pretty early on. Maybe not right off the bat, but when he when he bumped into us somehow or another, he grabbed a hold of that. I actually have one of them that uh, is sitting right here beside my bed. It sits on my uh, on my nightstand, and something. And, and I quit trying to t t figure out what the, I know what some of them are, but I don't know what others are more. Uh, this is some kind of big white crystal. Uh, I'm sure I'm gonna guess it's some kind of quartz. But he has a wash out of his out of some drainage that comes into a pond in his backyard or something like that. And this is one of them. Uh, and it sleeps on my bed. There's two of them sits by my head. There's a uh, cluster, an amethyst cluster, and uh, that 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 crystal that uh that Marshall gave me. But back to the deal. He start he started his own. Uh, crystal business and I, and I probably should look it up but if you you can find it on facebook and it's called druzy does it and let me look it up here which while we're talking that way i don't have a i don't have a jamie like uh joe rogan does it can look the stuff up for him while he continues to talk so it might take me yeah druzy does it and here's how you spell it d-r-u-z-y d-r-u-z-y druzy does it and uh he's selling crystals and you can get with him and uh i think he's even got a i think he's got a uh, website too like druzydoesit.com or something like that uh but find him and if you can't find him holler at me and let's support our brothers in their endeavors and i just think it's really cool that he's uh you know that's the thing we do in recovery we we, we have a dream and we follow it you know 
And, and I believe, too, that when that's the way it happens, it'll work out for you. No different than my wood shop and handyman kind of stuff. I never thought it'd be the handyman thing, but when it landed on me, I uh, ran with it. And, you know, I'm out there doing some wood shop work tonight for, for a guy. Uh, it was simple stuff, making some edge banding for a table, but it still was woodwork, right? And it was something that I could do and he, uh, he needed done. So that's super cool of Marshall as he, uh, just celebrated two years the other day. Probably ought to, you know, he's been on twice. He's always been on more times than that. He's on after the retreat. He's one of the guys on the retreat, uh, podcast. Uh, I'm sure he was on the retreat from last year too, when I actually recorded at the retreat. Uh, he was in here for us one year because him and Mark, his sponsor, come in together and they did a double hitter and I released them back-to-back weeks. And uh, he was in here when he hit his 100 days of nicotine quit too. So Marshall is another uh, one of them shining stars, man. And I get to be, we just have such a great bunch of brothers standing around us doing cool shit. I can't believe how many of us are like are self-employed now. Myself, Shane runs his own plumbing business. Um, I'll draw a blank real fast. Marshall's getting this going. And I did. I just draw a complete blank on how many people I know that are doing their own thing. But a number of us are Charlie. He does his own flooring stuff. Teaches, <clears throat> teaches me a lot. Matter of fact, I got, he gave me a pair of knee pads when we went down there and did the... Uh, <laughs> this can be kind of funny, but I'm going to say anyway. So we get out of the car down there doing that doubleheader fist step and uh double date he said oh man i got these for you and he throws them to me and it's kind of in a package and i catch them and uh tim asks he says what are them and i said knee pads or charlie said knee pads and tim said uh and he looked at me he goes what are you gonna need knee pads for i said oh these are not for me these are for you and we all got a big laugh out of that uh but now man knee pads are savers i i use them almost Almost every job I'm on at some point, I'm on my knees, where if I'm at a countertop or working on a doorknob or um, who knows what, you're down on your knees, man, and uh, try to save those sons of bitches because they have worked me real well lately. Done good for me. So what else? Well, no, I won't completely run out of juice on talking because it's only been 30 minutes. Invited some people over last week and did yoga in the backyard. Something's starting to like, uh, I've been back in the studio one time since COVID hit a couple of weeks ago. Vlad and I, speaking of Vlad, went together and uh, that really lifted me up. Now I do, uh, I do sun salutations every morning. I start out, we start out in child's pose and we uh, move through that to ragdoll and or, you know, from child's pose to downward dog, you know, come up and do ragdoll and hang from your waist. And then you do these sun salutations, which have uh, the go from high plank, low plank, up dog, down dog, uh, come back up to the top of your mat, mountain, forward fold. And then also the warrior, uh, the sun, sun bees, you go through the warrior poses. Warrior one, I like doing warrior one, warrior two. Reverse my warrior windmill back down to Chaturanga. That's the uh, word for the flow from the high plank, low plank, up dog, down dog. You feel like you do a lot of push-ups when you do yoga, when you do it this way. 
so I do those suns. I do uh, five, six sun A's, five, six sun B's. And uh, I don't know, I might do a couple more kind of stretchy stuff, extended side angles and, and things like that, just to twist myself, uh, get myself moving in the morning. Um, and man, I'm glad I have that practice today. I have that uh, teacher training under my belt. So anyway, to get back to that, I'm doing it on my own, but I've had a number of people say, why don't you teach some yoga? Why don't you teach some yoga? And uh, Catherine, who is a somewhat new person to our circles, uh, she said something to me the other day, and I don't know why when she said it, it landed, and I said, hell, I'll do it. And some other people, she was just a catalyst that made me say okay. And so I hollered out, and I don't really remember how many, six, eight people or something were in the backyard last weekend. Last Sunday morning. I think I'm going to do it every Sunday morning if I'm home. I'm not going to be home this weekend because I'm going to cabin for the weekend. Uh, I'm leaving in the morning. But uh, if I'm home, I'm going to have yoga on Sunday morning in my backyard. Another way to participate in my recovery. Our yoga is every bit as uh, beneficial as a, or as valuable as an hour of a handyman in our woodworking. So I don't know if that'll become income flow or not, but uh, it's fun to do. Fun to do. Still doing these Zoom meetings and uh, something come up every day or today actually about the church for the spiritual underground talking about opening back up and allowing us to meet. So we got to talk about that or get to talk about that. Don't really know how I feel about that all in all. I've gotten kind of complacent with the uh, Zoom meetings and not having to go anywhere and just do it from home. Another um, flip side of that is, is that there are some people that probably are still not comfortable meeting face-to-face. And, you know, I don't know what to believe, but if you look at the right or wrong channel, according to your viewpoint, um, apparently we got more cases than ever or some kind of stuff like that. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, you just don't know what to believe. I don't know what to believe. You can find what fits your narrative. Um, so some people are still not comfortable going back, and and there's some people that uh, actually you know that like well Darren you know he's stuck in a hospital bed in a rehab facility, so uh, the only way he gets to be in a meeting is through Zoom. So you know this has been great for him, and so you know if we're gonna go back to church, then we're gonna be leaving some people behind, so to speak, and that don't fit my narrative at all. Not my what I want to do. I don't want to. Kind of like a military thing, you know, I don't leave no man behind. But uh, certainly miss meeting face-to-face. You wonder, uh, well, there will never be a new normal. What's going to be the new normal? The only thing constant is change, right? Surrounded in my bedroom by things that mean something to me. I got two paintings up on the wall in my bedroom that Darren did. Hang on a wall. So it was my Sanskrit, very first Sanskrit juice. It's the word juice written in Sanskrit. We made shirts out of it and have a juice written in Sanskrit across the chest. There's a big ohm symbol on the wall that Shane gave to me. There's a uh, cookie, which a cookie is a slice of a tree with the bark all the way around it uh, that Vlad 
wood burned and ohm in it and like in wrapped with a lotus flower and it's just beautiful piece of artwork beautiful and what's even more beautiful is what he wrote on the back of that uh, that was for my fourth birthday my little altar over there has got some crystals on it and a happy buddha statue and uh, more stuff that people gave me you know as i look around here it's gifts there's a uh, pen like ink pen art that my daughter drew and gave to me for Christmas and I sandwiched it between two pieces of glass and framed it um, my big old number five for my five years of recovery that uh, I made for myself it's about a foot tall my lit battery operated number four that Christopher gave me on my fourth birthday there's a piece of petrified rock or petrified tree over there that Marshall and April gave me for my fifth birthday and uh has a significance you know this kind of Marshall's thing is the crystals and all that kind of stuff and that would fall under that category but it's petrified wood so you know it lands over in my side of the field with that yoga mat rack I made full of yoga mats to the left and right of my headboard are my two favorite bows hanging, proudly displayed. And right beside it is a picture of each one of my kids, one on each side of the bed. I got a didgeridoo over there that I got at Romp a couple few years ago when Renee and I went to that Owensboro Bluegrass Festival. Surround myself with things that uh, raise my vibration. A few years ago, when I first down this path and I was playing around with the wood, I took one of those cookies, like I was talking about, and I uh, laid out the circle and triangle symbol on it. And it's about a, maybe a, it's probably a 12 inch diameter cut. And, uh, and then I carved it and I recessed out everything that wasn't the circle and wasn't the triangle. And uh, it became my little display for my sobriety tokens. And then I started putting my spurt tokens on it, the ones I make for those events. And then I hammered some nails along the perimeter of it, started hanging everything. So my mankind talisman, when you get done with their mankind initiation weekend, they give you what a lot of people might look at and think it's a necklace, but it's a talisman and it's got a little pouch on the end of it. And it's got some stuff inside that pouch. It means things. And they've left me right now, but some of the stuff that's in there is like tobacco and white sage and some things like that necklaces that certain people have made me the necklace from uh the neverglades it's got we went and meditated in that cave that day and uh somebody grabbed a rock out of the inside of there and chipped it up and nick uh made wrapped it the way they wrapped crystals and made us all a necklace to commemorate that event got a piece of and i can't remember how you say it uh labradite i think it's called laboratite labradite over there that marshall gave me got a piece of one of my favorite crystals and and i'll say this wrong but it says uh it's i think it's actually dan burite but i like to either say it dan you're right or dan you're bright uh, neither one of them are right but uh, i like doing that and and donnie gave me the crystal because it had my name in it and then uh corinne uh wrapped and made it into a necklace for me and I got the two necklaces over there that 
Chase's wife, Teresa, has given me uh, that she handmade. One of them is a little bat skull, like a bat, like the flying animal. Uh, she has a skull, and she casted it and made uh, makes bronze and silver castings uh, out of it. It looks from a distance like a little gold nugget because mine, I think, is brass or brass or bronze or something. Uh, but if you look at it close, you can actually see its teeth and little eye sockets and everything. And then this year she got up and uh, when when I was given Chase's three-year token over here at the Seekers meeting, that's basically in my backyard now, she got up and interrupted the meeting. And I, I love that, uh, speaking her truth. And she said, uh, I know this is a little non-traditional, but uh, I'm just going to do it anyway. And she got up and said some real touching words about uh, some scrap metal that she had. And uh, she decided to heat it up and melt it down and pound it and polish it and uh, bring it and turn it into something beautiful. And uh, I'm paraphrasing at some level, but she said that's exactly the same thing that you people do here with people. And I said, you take what a lot of people think is scrap and you turn them into something that's beautiful. And she presented me and Chase with necklaces that are uh, commemorate that event. And that brings me to tears every time that. She did that last year, Chase's second birthday, and gave me the bat skull. And then this year's is the, uh, I don't know, kind of like the rising from, from like, like the phoenix rising from the ashes kind of thing. That bringing something back that, uh, taking old scrap material and, turned into something new so the point there my entire environment is wrapped with things that mean something to me and that's the same way that I do with people too I don't do that with them but I do want to be surrounded by people that have something to bring to the table that raises my vibration uh, I need to be fed that way today. And frankly, if you're not on that level, if you're not a person like that, I really don't have a lot of room for it. Uh, it reminds me of these. Uh, I picked it up out of that daily reader I get, and it has some 12 qualities of sponsorship. And I shared it with somebody else the other day, but I continually get these out, and I share them with my sponsees because this is pretty reflective of the way i'm gonna operate when we're when we're doing this stuff and and it's not too far from how i operate as a human uh now again everybody needs a lift up and i'm here to help you if i can do that uh, but here's these 12 qualities of sponsorship number one i will not help you stay and wallow in limbo just not number two i will help you grow to become more productive by your definition three I will help you become more autonomous, more loving of yourself, more excited, less sensitive, more free to become the authority for your own living. Four, I cannot give you dreams or open or quote, fix you up simply because I cannot. Five, I cannot give you growth or grow for you. You must grow for yourself by facing reality, grim as it may be at times. Six, I cannot take your loneliness or your pain away. Seven, I cannot sense your world for you, evaluate your goals for you, tell you what is best for your world, because you have to live because because you have your own world in which you must live. Eight, 
I cannot convince you of the necessity to make vital decision of choose. Man, stumbling over my words. Eight, I cannot convince you of the necessity to make the vital decision of choosing the frightening uncertainty of growing over the safe misery of remaining static. I want to be with you and know you as a rich and growing friend, yet I cannot get close to you when you choose not to grow. See how that all fits around that little thing I just said a minute ago? Ten, when I begin to care for you out of pity or when I begin to lose faith in you, then I am inhibiting both for you and for me. Eleven, you must know and understand that my help is conditional. I will be here I will be with you and hang in there with you so long as I continue to get even the slightest hint that you are still trying to grow. And 12, if you can accept this, then perhaps we can teach, we can help each other. Might have to take some reading lessons. If you can accept this, then perhaps we can help each other to become what God meant us to be, mature adults leaving the childishness forever to the little children of the world. And I uh, always put a caveat on that because I hope to always have some childish play inside of me, so I'm not going to leave that childishness. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to stand on that rock at all, but I get what it's saying. Uh, leave the petty bullshit behind so it's the way i operate and you know and, and i need to do a better i shouldn't say i need to I sometimes wish i'd do a better job of that with my with my material possessions because there's there also is shit sitting in here that i don't need and don't use anymore uh, there's a picture frame over it come down from fargo and i keep on meaning to take it apart because i figure i'll salvage that frame and the picture's shot uh just haven't done it yet I can kind of pack rat shit around because I think someday I'll need it. And uh, truth is, a lot of times there is someday that I need it. Same thing with that wood the other day. It wasn't in my truck and made me have to go back to Home Depot to get some more. So I'll bang on TSSR drum just a little bit. I don't know how many millions of people have been, their lives have been transformed and, and frankly resurrected by these 12 steps. Uh, alcoholics, addicts, overeaters, gamblers, any number of the, I don't know, 50-something fellowships that use these tools to, uh, to recover from some seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Um... And the problem is, is when anybody hears 12 steps, they automatically associate it with those groups. And I can hear people straight up shut down when I offer them these tools when they're, you know, because seekers come finding people like me. Uh, Holly and I have been talking a lot, and she has the same thing. Uh, people out of the blue just gravitate, and they find her because she's offering a solution uh, uh that actually that that works and she's presenting it in a manner and she's living and it imbibes that spirit and you know and and i'll you know don't hide your go dan i am doing the same thing and between the podcast and 12-step spiritual recovery and the yoga and a bunch of other different things and this role i found myself in amongst the uh my recovery community i get a chance to impact people and as i said a hundred times 
if I was to pass up that opportunity to do that, I think that I would be spitting in my higher power's face by not using these tools that were gave that were given to me. Uh, he, I don't, you know, you don't give somebody a tool and 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 don't and when you receive a tool, you use it. And what better way to use it than to uh, improve the quality of the lives of your brothers and sisters and other children in this universe, right? So these people come and they look for some solution and they're looking for something, you know, and, uh, you know, I know for a fact that sometimes these girls are coming to me looking because they think they need a boyfriend and that will fix their problem. Uh, I'm not that. But I always cast my eyes skyward and, and offer the tools that I do know that work for me and uh, and I offer up this 12-step solution to man. And as soon as you throw that 12-step solution out, sometimes it's just overwritten word, but you can see, I can almost hear them in their mind going, but I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not an addict. I'm not, you know, and doing that, uh, that rejecting something just out of hand. That same old Bob Earl thing, man. If you're going to bring me something that's working for you, uh, I will just almost instantly reject it because it's not my idea. Now, my ideas ain't work, right? Uh, that's the problem here. That's the whole problem is that uh, you can't solve a problem in the same consciousness of which it was created. You can't, self cannot get out of self. If I could fix this thing, I would have already done so. That's why this solution here works. It works on a way that uh, you hand this stuff over to somebody else and and then and let them walk you through this stuff. And I, you know, I know the tools are actually powerful. I know this stuff is actually powerful. But there's also just a nuance in it underneath of it that that you're actually doing something according to somebody else's rules and you've learned to take some direction and you're. Uh, Just because you've made that decision to change and then take some action behind it, sometimes I wonder if the action is not more important than the actual, uh, the fact that you're taking action is more important than the actions you're taking. Now again, these tools are powerful. There's no doubt about that. Who am like a four step and be able to look and see what your patterns are and have that bell go off. And if it don't go off while you're doing the fourth step, which it normally will, it sure as hell if you got a decent sponsor, it's going to go off when you're doing the fifth step as you talk about this stuff. And, and that person starts showing you and helping you see these patterns in your life and these uh, so called, you know, not so called, but in traditional 12 step stuff, it's called uh, character defects. Um, the patterns in my life that have been defeating me. And I got to have somebody else see that, right? Because I've said this and I say this, I can't see me. I got to have somebody else looking at me to see that. Uh, whatever that in their line out of the big book, a solitary self-appraisal uh, just ain't worth shit. I can sit around and think myself into doing tomorrow. I mean, it's the same thing we was doing the whole time and lies we told ourselves about. I'm going to not, I will, I will stop tomorrow. I can quit whenever I want to. Uh, no, by myself and of myself, I can't do it. I gotta have some direction in my life. And these twelve steps give that. They do it in you know 
They do it with a solid set of principles that I can actually operate on from now on. So when I hurt somebody's feeling, I got, uh, you know, if I hurt somebody, if I, if I'm operating not on the plane, I want to be operating on, I got tools where I can go back and make it right. Uh, if I'm just letting somebody get to me, man, I got tools. I got, I can go work that out in, in, uh, air quotes, let it go. Most of the time what I do is I let it go through safe people, right? I got to diffuse this negative energy through safe people. And I watch my sponsees practice that too, man. It's an honor when they call me up and do that. And here's the deal. There's a fine line between discharging negative energy and bitching. And we're going to do Groundhog Day and we're going to bitch about the same thing over and over again. I saw another thing the other day. Uh... The things you refuse to change, you're actually choosing. I think that would come from Holly. Uh, so if I'm going to sit in misery and I'm just going to bitch about it all day and I have to get clear with some people once in a while, you know, hey, man, if you want some help with, like, moving through this and past it and, and you know, maybe away from it and stop choosing it, uh, I'm here to help you. But really, also, if you just need to vent about it every day and you just need a year to listen to, well, then to me, tell me that, and I'll just sit here quietly and let you do that. It does get it's a little tough, but you have to do the tool uh, that I picked up for that is uh, in Mankind, they taught us to put up our shield. And I don't have to take on your energy. Uh, I can just be a compassionate listener and, uh, and offer no help. But that's hard. Because I'm tired, you know, it's tough to listen to somebody that you love, and, and it goes in them 12 steps of their, that 12 qualities of sponsorship at uh, not allowing, you know, not going to stay here and wallow with you in, in this crap. Chase did a great job of it the other day. Chase lost a cousin. I lose track of days. I'm pretty sure that was yesterday. And uh, call me up. You got a minute? Yep. And he told me about it, man, and he talked about it, and we talked for a little while and uh, and discharged that negative energy through safe people. He's got somebody to call. He knows I ain't judging him. He can say anything he wants to about it, and it's between me and him, and let him get rid of that negative energy, that low-vibration energy, you know, because it doesn't have to necessarily be negative, and I'm real careful about some of the labels I'm using now, like it's negative energy I don't want to put that out there necessarily because it's not necessarily that it's negative. It's just low vibration. It's not going to raise my being. It's not going to raise the vibration of my being. It lowers it. brings you down. And I watch my sponsees do that all the time. And I do it too. Another magic thing about doing that is that uh, or walking this walk with people my problems can never get real big because the chase will call me and lay that on me. And anything I got going on, uh, we've said this, you know, it tends to, but other people's stuff make my problems get small in a hurry. Because I really don't have any problems today. None we're talking about. Certainly none like some of the people around me have. Uh... You get around people in early recovery, and it says that their problems pile up so deep they can't imagine ever solving them all. And that's a paraphrase, too, but it's something to that effect. And you hear that. and uh, But you also know, 
I know from standing where I'm at today, I know that if they will do this work and they will place this stuff, that stuff is going to go away. Or at least it will lose its power. Usually these problems, they fix themselves somehow or another when you do this work. We see it time and time and time and time and time again. Or these what I call miracles happen in the lives of people but simply because they've changed paths and got on this one and started walking it. It's rarely that they've ever been given some kind of solution to the problem. The problem just disappears. Rectifies itself. A lot of old things around that too, you know. That's what I put my energy to is what I'm going to get. That's why I wondered sometimes like about this COVID and stuff. You get your energy all whopped up about, you know, COVID this and COVID that. Uh, that's what you're fixated on. I think you're setting yourself up. I don't know. I believe that. Because if this power of positive thinking of myself and doing this stuff about changing my talk and changing the way I'm, uh, you know, uh, change the way I talk, change my language and change my life, right? If I'm saying I get to do this and, and, and putting positive spin on stuff, and and that feeds into having positive things happen in my life and I'm on a positive general trajectory, right? Well, the opposite has to be true too, doesn't it? So if I'm going to lay up in all this negativity and I'm going to be worried about getting this or worried about getting that, aren't you going to self, uh, what's the damn word? Y'all are out there telling me what it is right now. Y'all are saying self-fulfilling prophecy. So I'm going to be doing, uh, y'all knew it, and you told me through the microphone in reverse, even though this is like a couple of days before this podcast will come out. Self-fulfilling prophecy, that's old stuff too, right? Nothing new here. And just like I told those dudes in, the, in, that, in that treatment center the other day when they said, what would you tell a newcomer? I said, <laughs> I laughed and I said, yeah, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you anything new. I'll put a twist on it. Go out and find somebody that has what you want. That key role model thing I was talking about a little bit ago. It's in TSSR. Go out and find somebody. Don't just settle for some dude that seems like he knows what he's talking about. You can know this shit up one, up one side and down the other and, and, and still be stuck in mediocrity. Find some, hell, I'd rather have somebody that didn't know a lot about it, but it was all juiced up. Find that person and then bug the far out of him until he will sponsor you. Because if he's got that kind of juice in his life, it's probably because he's already doing that kind of thing. He probably already actually is sponsoring people. Uh, you're just probably going to have to work for a little bit. I don't sponsor people easy. You got to look like you want it to me. I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to spend all this energy on you to find you poofing out on me here in a little bit. Bring somebody up, you know, and I, I don't want necessarily, that's the kind of the opposite of me talking about some of the other guys and then leaving people out. Uh, maybe I'll do like a shout out here in a minute of everybody I can think of that, uh, that touches my life today. Not that it's ever touched it, but who's actually touching my life now? But I got one buddy that I took all the way through the steps, the sponsee, man, and he was on fire, man, and COVID hit. And it's and it was like somebody jumped up and stuck an ice pick in his tires, 
He just ran out of gas, and now he's disappeared. You know, I mean, he's still talking to me. He just celebrated uh, one year of sobriety, and he told me he's still sober. And I'll take his, you know, I'll take his word for it. Uh, give him benefit of the doubt. He says he is, he is. Uh, I know what kind of drinker he was, and uh, and you get pretty close to somebody when you do that kind of work, and you expend that kind of energy on somebody, and and you and you trade these stories, and you get to actually have this bond where you freaking know the dude really well, and you start freaking caring about him a lot, and then they poof and ghost. Now again, he's not completely ghosting because he will answer me. Just gotta be a two-way street, you know. And I'll reach it. I'll reach, but man, I need some reciprocity back, man. I need something back out of you too. It's no different than this all in and it's pushing my chips to the middle of the table and we're all gonna sit around and play poker. I don't get to, you know, we're gonna we gotta ante up. And I don't get to skip this ante. If I'm gonna skip this if I'm gonna skip ante anteing up this time, I gotta skip the whole damn hand, right? And so if you start skipping too many hands, nobody wants to play with you, right? Because why are you here? Thought we was playing poker. Thought we was doing this recovery thing together. But to each their own, you know. And, and fact is not everybody needs the 12 steps to stay sober. For a lot of people, and I've had a lot of guests in the podcast here, not a lot, I've had guests in the podcast here lately who have uh, moved on from 12 Steps. 12 Steps was a springboard that got them up out of the hole, and uh, and they went on to doing other things. Uh, I have a belief, and Christopher and I both share this, that if they had the juice in their life that they're getting fed like the way that I am within my recovery community, that they probably never would have needed to go look for something else. But that's not what they had i'm gonna guess so and i think uh they 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 testify to that too when i talked to them you know they 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 started ending up with this humdrum kind of stuff around them and it wasn't feeding them anymore and man if you're not getting fed this book says you know this 12-step lifestyle says i gotta continue right continue to uh grow in effectiveness understanding and effectiveness i gotta continue to do this stuff and you know if you're not finding it here well, you damn sure better go find it someplace else. Problem is, is like my buddy I'm talking about, that's not what he's doing. It ain't like he's moved on someplace else and he's finding it. You can hear the energy in him, even through text. You can hear the energy in him. That, uh, it's not where it needs to be to have a healthy and uh, productive and satisfying life. Because recovery is not just about putting down the dope and the booze. Recovery is is to reclaim what was lost. And that thing that was lost is me. And I found me again. And I like me. And I value me. And I know I'm a good dude. And I know I'm doing good things. And I know I'm a damn good handyman and a good and a damn good woodworker. I'm just a damn good dude today. I don't have to hide that gold. I don't have to do the. Uh, you know, so many times somebody will give somebody a compliment and I hear them bat it away. Uh, I like to say the correct response is thank you. 
Receive your comp compliment with grace. And the hardest person in the world to do that with is yourself, is me. The hardest person for me to do that with is me. And I'm pretty damn good at it today. And I will say that's a piece of my recovery too. I mean, aren't we looking to like ourselves right? That's the whole you know, underlying bullshit that was in the beginning of this thing. So I didn't feel a part of. I didn't feel like I was enough. And to then to do that without being a stuck up arrogant asshole too. Because nobody likes that dude. Or they won't like you for long. So Shane and uh, Travis and Mark are going out to Colorado here for long. September the 9th, I'm pretty sure. Go out there elk and mule deer hunting. I wish I'd have got on that train, man. I got a little bamboozled about some stuff that uh Well, I can't possess a firearm, and I thought they were going gun hunting, but it turns out they're muzzleloader hunting, which is not technically a firearm, so I could have went, or I could have took my bow. Probably be smarter to muzzleload hunt. Travis come over last night, practiced on the men's, and... Uh, Working on them in the men's, and we were talking. I got my muzzleloader down, hangs in a, hangs on some gun hooks in the other room in the office in there. But those guys are gonna go out there hunting, man. It's, I'm uh, FOMOing big time. And by the time this podcast comes out, I don't know. It's okay. It won't matter. So Travis had this idea. And I'll take credit for it. the spawning of this stuff because I make these recovery tokens and make different things for people that are, you know, that have made milestones or doing something cool. And I make the spurt stuff and I always make some extra spurt stuff to give away to uh, people who either help me or touch me during the event. So I kind of get a door prize in a way. And uh, Travis had an idea and he wanted antlers carved out of wood. And I thought it was a fantastic idea. And he already had like a prototype of it. You know, he had a silhouette of the antler like in the profile that he would like to have done. So I looked at it and I knew it was instantly a cool idea. And I went to rooting around in my wood pile. I got a lot of old wood. Uh, I don't want me to tell that a minute too. Uh, and I found some cherry, a beautiful cherry. And it probably wasn't much count for a lot of things. It had to, it's going to have to be made into some art. Like it had some real bad checks on the backside of it. It almost looked like a tear-out from like a planer. And it, and then like that planer tear-out has sit for a whole bunch of years. And, and as the wood dried, it raised up even worse. But it put some really cool, unique stuff in the wood by doing that. And this just was some pretty stuff. And I took it and I traced out that antler shape on it. And I cut it out. And the problem with like an antler is that it's a long, slender thing, you know. And you imagine like if you like a hand, right? You get it with a lot of long fingers. And uh, when I when I lay the piece of wood down here, hell, I'm probably in weight. I'm probably throwing away four times the weight of wood than what I'm keeping when the antler's done. That's just the price of it, you know. Uh, never give much thought to it. 
and I carved out an ohm other day with this uh, scroll saw I have. It has a spiral blade on it, and you can cur cut in every direction with a spiral blade. It will cut. You don't have to, you know, like a normal blade just has teeth on one side, and you constantly have to be turning the piece of wood so the teeth are moving into the wood you're wanting to cut. And with that spiral one, you can go any direction, which means you can cut in, you can change directions really quickly without having to... Uh, come out so a lot of times when you're cutting something like that antler you know you're like whittling away everything that's not and what goes in the garbage can is basically uh uh just a bunch of chunks right but because i had a spiral blade i was following that along in that antler and i ended up cutting it all out in two pieces so i went along the top end of the antler and along the bottom end of the antler and i'd done the same thing with an ohm and uh and I stuck it back in the hole it came from, and it fit right back in there. So like, I had a positive and a negative. So if you can imagine this board, and I just cut this antler out, and then what was left was everything. You know, the antler's gone, so you can see through that. So I think you get my point. You got a positive and a negative. I got the antler that I cut out, and then I have the piece that it was cut out of, and I took that one, I glued it back together, and so it looks like it's just one piece of wood. And so the next two of them I made because Travis wanted me to make three of them. And uh, one for each one of the guys going on his trip. Because to get back to that point, Travis wanted to have something to commemorate this event. And again, I love that, man. Make stuff special. Put something out. Have a uh, have something like that that you get to keep forever and like anchor your uh, anchor your memory to. You know that this this and that's what like I was talking. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm talking about. All these things in my bedroom. There's memories anchored to all these things. And that's why they mean something to me. Like my miracle list. There's memories anchored to every one of those miracles. So Travis had that idea, and I'm carving them out there, and I saw that, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I texted him a picture, you know, and I'm like, man, I'm going to. So I decided I was going to give everybody the, you know, I was going to make them. I was going to keep the negatives and the positives. And each guy would get both because you could actually set, like, the negative on, you know, set the, the, and I just had to say that I'll just maybe I'll take a picture of them and share them someplace I will once the gifts have been given out and that's why I can say this because tomorrow ah, they will have them before this comes out hot damn I was I, I got my remember what I told you a little bit ago I can't trouble, have trouble keeping track of what fucking day it is so tomorrow uh, Travis and those guys are hiking from up at Travis's dad's camp which I don't know how many miles it is but it's up close to Fargo and they're hiking, I think, cross-country. And they're going to end at my place. And uh, and those antlers are going to be sitting there. And Travis is going to go ahead and present them to those dudes before the trip. And uh, he wanted something carved in them. And the first thing he wanted carved in them, I think I'll leave off the podcast. Um, and here, that's me being overly sensitive because I'm afraid it'll hurt somebody's feelings, especially with today's climate. But I'm just going to leave it alone. So what he has, it says, Alcoholics 2020. You know, burned that wood burned that into them, and they are cool. They're beautiful. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to those guys getting those. Travis came over last night to practice. Uh, you know, work on that amend, and he also got to see them in real life for the first time. And I get to give away one of my gifts and make a little money at the same time, because my friends know I'm worth something. And they don't necessarily need something for free. And you know, Holly come over a couple weeks ago. She wanted to make something for her friend. Or she wanted something made for her friend. And she said, you know, she wanted to have maybe take part in the making of it. 
So uh, we did that, and she come over, and we made this. Uh, and if you go to her Facebook page, and maybe on DTM uh, Wilbur's Facebook page too, you'll see it was 1980 carved out of wood. And we made two of them, and I tied them together with uh, dowel rods, like almost like spokes from front to back. And I cut out the, the hole in the nine, in the 19, in the nine, and then the eight, both holes in the eight. And then I did a little something special with the hole in the zero. Well, all those will hold wine bottle. So you can stick a wine bottle in them. And, uh, and it's a wine rack. And she wanted it for her friend that would be, uh, was born in 1980, which means she turns, uh, turned 40 the other day. And as Holly said, it, uh, she'll only be 40 for a year, but 1980 will always be hers. So that was a cool gift, man. And then she got to have, you know, and there's something about putting your energy into that stuff. That's something I, when I make shit, I make it for you. That's what my intention is. Uh, I want to be thinking about you. I want to be having you in my heart as I'm making this uh, thing. And there's real energy. There's real substance to that thought. It's really kind of my niche deal is, you know, I like that thought that I don't really necessarily want to make a whole bunch of something and set them out on a table at a craft fair and sell them. Although that probably would be a good thing to do. Uh, I would rather be making something for you. Gummy bears. I feel like I left something off the table a minute ago, but I think it was a, I think it was a Holly story with the 1980. Was what I wanted to circle back and talk about. Because she's coming to my life and, you know, uh, bringing things to me to learn, you know, that seeker's attraction thing, back and forth. She's completely uh, on board with the whole 12 step spiritual recovery thing and helping people because that's what she does and she's looking for tools to help people. No different than me. And she's brought in a lot of new concepts to me. One of them is this Enneagram thing, this worth these uh, nine different personality types. I get to learn a little bit more about what makes me tick. And a cool thing about this is it allows me to have that, that particular thing is allow me to understand how other people tick too. And uh, so that I can better function with them. So I can better uh, communicate with them and do that in an effective manner. Remember I said earlier, from 12 steps thing says grow in understanding and effectiveness. So I feel like it's helping me uh, be more effective in my in my interactions with the other humans about me. So that's cool, and I'm really excited about those dudes getting to go do that elk hunt and mule deer. And God willing, I'll be uh, I'll be at the second annual one. My mankind guys, we were supposed to have a one year reunion at the end of this month from our. Uh, initiation weekend last year but none of those guys one of them does one of them said he'd still do it but uh the remainder of them don't want to because of covid i guess that's the excuse i mean that's what they're that's the one they're using and it's a 
Another difference between the TSSR folks and the alcoholic and addict kind of people is that we know we got to participate in our recoveries to stay alive. It's a life or death deal. Uh, it's not just a matter of settling for a look for some misery. Uh, we're not willing to go back, so we will do things. And when you're just a normal dude who just ain't real happy, because uh, that's what mankind dudes are doing. They're seeking too. They're trying to find some tools that'll help them live this thing called life better than they're doing now. And they've turned their will and their life over to a power called the Mankind Project and the men who, you know, who've gone before them. But they don't have that desperation that, that this, us alcoholics and addicts got uh, because good enough is good enough. And uh, we know that complacency kills us. That's another reason why I have that little lurking. Uh, one of the liars on my shoulder wants to tell me that the 12 steps won't work for. It's not that they won't work for other people. It's that the other people won't work them because they don't have that sense of desperation that the people who with the traditional isms kind of have. Like the gambler is, you know, bankrupt in his family or at least his own uh, well-being from doing what he does. And we all know what the alcoholic and the addict do. They, uh end up in jails, institutions, or death. Drink. I've actually done a few of these podcasts from my bed. Some of the early ones on the nicotine quitting stuff when I was doing them remotely. Um, I'll keep trying to change this thing up, keep it going. You know, I made that a commitment to put new content out at the beginning or, you know, at... uh, Every week, and uh, with the exception of one of them very first weeks in COVID, I have continued to do that, and I kind of let this thing slip away from me and could have worked harder at it, but also the handyman and woodworking business stuff is uh, keeping me probably a little more busy than I want to be. Once again, I'll be, you know, I need to find some balance in that so that... uh, and I really do have some pretty good balance in it all in all. But here lately I've been uh, working a little more than I really would like to. I worked on Friday. Well, I had a big string of being off on Fridays, and I really dug that. And um, But anyway, they didn't allow for any time this week to uh, sub up and get another podcast in the door. But I still meet my commitment. Cause I will, uh, I will sit here and jaw jack for an hour, and I don't know if y'all care to listen to this. I, you know, and a lot of podcast people tell you you should make a call to action, and I've heard very little of that off of the Christopher and Christopher Minds podcast from last week. I mean, I get the normal people that are in my circles uh, talking about it, but uh, I really would, I do appreciate the feedback. Cause like in a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know what, does? makes me feel loved and that ain't the only reason but that's a big one for me and even if it's like uh, criticism on it shit I'll you know I still want to hear about it lately we've been doing challenges amongst each other in these uh, couple 12 step circles challenge you to reach out to somebody that you haven't heard from Christopher, not too long ago, challenged us to uh, call our sponsors and share our own gold, brag on ourselves to our sponsors. 
it goes back to what I was saying a little bit ago, and uh, that's really tough for a lot of us. Christopher called me on the carpet about it, and uh, I was like, Christopher, I don't think I'm really suffering in that area. Not like, not not as the people that that comment was pointed at. I could brag about myself, and he just stood there and looked at me and kind of looked, gave me that eyes like, "Well, are you going to do this or ain't you?" And I was actually face to face with him over at his house that day, so I did. Because doing what that dude suggests keeps on uh, working out really well for me. So I think I'll just keep on doing that. Picked up a new guy. It's been a long time. Probably since I first got sober, I didn't have somebody in the front end of the steps. Like when I mean that, like prior to their fifth step. And uh, I went a little little bit here since uh I guess it was Esther's since Esther's fist out I think done so damn many of them I uh forget I'm forgetting who's is uh who's is who's in last like a goofball I keep notes oh and I know that's what I'm peeling around Looking for that, uh, looking for that list. There it is. Yep, Esther was the last one. Number 17 at the cabin. Dan, don't hide your gold. I don't sponsor all these people anymore, but sponsor some of them. If you count that double header, it's actually the 18th person who has uh, done a fifth step at the cabin. So that's pretty cool. Really, really cool. But I didn't have anybody in the front end of the steps and uh, kind of enjoyed the break for a minute in a way. But I also know I need to have that in my life. I don't get to keep this thing unless I'm giving it away. And um, God provided me with some new person. So working with a guy named Jim. Older fella. The older me. Which again, I know he's going to give me a new and already has given me a new perspective that I haven't gotten from working with somebody else. Because he's going to have... We've got some uh, really cool life. And knows a lot of stuff. And yet still fell prey to this damn thing called alcoholism. But we're digging each other. He seems like my enthusiasm is one of the things he said. My passion for it. So uh, I appreciate him saying that to me and feeding me back and making me feel loved by saying that. Oh, we got, I have jaw jack for quite a while, and I think I will uh, begin to hang this thing up. I can do those commercials. DTMWW.net is my little handyman business. There's really not much there, but you can contact me at, D, at Dan at DTMWW.net, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, too. Uh, the handyman, Woodwork and Dunn, Louisville metropolitan area, contact that. Contact me there. I had to do a little work to find my phone number, but it's there. I've given it out on here, but that'd take a lot of work to find a podcast where I actually gave out my phone number. Uh, 12 Steps Spiritual Recovery. That is the book we're talking about by James Christopher Cohn. It's on Amazon. 
You also get it on Kindle for ten dollars. You know, people are talking about how big it is and how uh, you know some people talk about how expensive the book is. If you buy the hard, you know, the the real the hard copy book. Yeah, uh, to that I say, just exactly what is the value of your everlasting soul? If you don't believe in that everlasting soul thing, what is the value of the rest of the damn days you got left here on this big blue marble? Uh, the same thing when people talk about how much work it is to do 12 steps. Bullshit. It's not. Yeah, it's some work. But you're worth it, man. Aren't you, aren't you worth a little work? If you want the full dose of that juice, you got to read that book. You got to read it. Because nobody can really do it. Christopher spent six years writing it. There's nobody that can completely deliver it to you. I'm not even sure if like Christopher completely del deliver it to you without you reading it. And you'll get insights from it and some things in there. Uh, and I think it's the kind of a living document, a lot like, like, uh, the A book, uh, I continue to draw new things out of the old words. Singleness of purpose, and I don't even think that's in there necessarily. But singleness of purpose, you know, I'm going to laser focus on the things I'm doing today. I'm going to honor the things I'm doing when I'm doing it. That's being basically the same thing as being present. Being here now, wherever I happen to be. Singleness of purpose. Improve my conscious contact. That's with you and everybody else that I, including my higher power, and uh, improve my conscious contact and uh, just my walk down here on this planet. So I get to dig into those words deeper, and Chris's book does the same thing. You can dig into that as deep as you want to. So get it, 12-step spiritual recovery. James Church for Cone, get the candle edition, get something. Change your life. Unless you're perfectly fucking happy and you ain't got no room for any more or for any better in your life. Uh, I'm going to venture to say that that, that that neither one of those things fall true for, for you or anybody else. So, uh, And hell, why wouldn't you want more? Even if you're pretty good, could you imagine like maybe how good you would be if you could like get some more good? Druzy does it. My buddy Marshall's crystal business. Check him out. April's making face masks, and she makes these cool bags. She gave me a bag not too long ago. A little, I mean, it's like a man purse kind of thing, but I love it, man. And it goes with me just about every day. I put my little spare battery in there for my phone. I can put uh, just the little knickknacks I need to carry around. Hell, I take a fist step bag now because I don't really need anything extra when I go down there. I got a Fargo bag I take when I go for a while. When I just go for a fist step, I don't need that much. My big book fits exactly right in it. That's cool, too. She, I don't know what to name her business. She sells essential oils. So I need to do is start doing commercials for my buddies on here. Uh, do one for Shane's plumbing business. And of course, these guys are all busy. They don't really need it. I know Chris, uh, like Marshall's just starting up, so he needs it. And uh, April, uh, April could use it for sure. Not that she could use it. She just could use it. So I might do that. I start. There's some call to action. If you have something you would like mentioned on this podcast, if you have some kind of business or some kind of venture or something going on that you would like mentioned on here, I'm going to uh, challenge you to give me a call. Send me an email. Let me know what it is, and I will say something about it on here.
We got to support one another, fellas. Support one another's recovery. Support one another, period. Don't get enough encouragement. Nobody does. Except for maybe me. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to me, guys. Thanks for the listening numbers. Like I said, the other day, it's getting way up there. It's just encouraging. It tickles me to death that I get to do this today. So, remember, if you're not having a blast in your recovery, it's your own damn fault. You have the power to change your life. The power to change your life is within your reach. But you got to do some reaching. And as always, and every single day, and every single way I get to, I thank you all for allowing me to participate in my recovery. And that's the global y'all. But if I'm making TSSR tokens, if I'm making that wood for Travis and Shane and Mark, If I'm hosting a Zoom meeting, I'm doing a podcast, I'm sponsoring you. A whole bunch of y'all out there are uh, a a debt of gratitude to for allowing me to participate in my recovery. So thank you all tonight for allowing me to do that. And uh, I can truly say I love you. Peace out.
Say, boy.